Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawbeck. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the second day of the week in God's created order. Monday, the 20th day of November, 2023rd year of our Lord. And we begin this morning with George Witten of WorthyNews.com. He says, friends, run the race, ignore the hecklers. 1 Corinthians 9:24-27. And George writes this morning, do you, uh, do you not know that those who run a race all run, but one receives a prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And anyone and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus, I fight, not as one beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. During the 1990s, in the NCAA Division National Championship cross-country race in California, a bizarre twist of events took place. Mike Del Cavo and 127 of the best runners in the country were battling for glory over 10,000-meter uh, course. About three miles into the race, Del Vago was somewhere in the middle of the pack when he realized that the runners had made a wrong turn. So he yelled out, You're going the wrong way. But they didn't listen. Only four others followed Mike when he turned to the right direction. And suddenly he found himself in the lead. However, that lasted only about a mile since Mike and the runners who followed him soon reunited with the large pack who, having gone the wrong way, actually shaved about a half a mile off the course and were now in the lead again. The final blow came when, because of so many of the runners had gone the wrong way, the officials changed the official course route to accommodate the error, their error. So when Mike Del Vago finally crossed the finish line, he was number 103 overall. At the end of the race, some of Calvado's competitors thought it was funny that he went the right way. In our mixed-up world, when everybody is wrong, when wrong becomes right, however in the world it com- to come, there is only one judge, and he will not change the correct course regardless of how many or how few actually run it. His reward will be based on our having stayed the true course. Friends, it's easy to follow the crowd, but it takes courage and conviction to follow wholeheartedly after God. Sometimes it can get lonely running your race, wondering where the crowd is going, and even whether you yourself are on the right road. But you, my friend, keep running with the Lord, and when the race is over, and you have finished your course, may the, may the he say to you, may the he say to you, well done, 
a good and faithful servant. Your family in the Lord with much agape love, George, Barrevka, Obadiah, and Elena, and this is another fine day in the Lord. Father in heaven, thank you for another day, your grace and your mercy. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning. Thank you for your plan for us, this wonderful plan that regardless of the direction of this world, and though we may have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because you are with us. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Open our hearts to the study this morning. These things we pray in Christ's name. Amen. And, all right, and George, this morning, welcome to another week that we have this morning. George, a couple, um, you know, a couple things, Christian news uh, with worthy news. You might want to check these out if they're interested. High school football coach in the U.S. state of Georgia weighed his option Saturday after he was fired amid outrage over mass baptisms. He organized for players on school grounds. Um, I pray for our local schools. I pray for their um, their freedom. I don't know if if um, the baptism was out of order or not. Um, if he didn't go through administration, I don't know that. But um, this I found interesting. Gaza Muslim men turned to Christ. Um, numerous Muslim men in the war-ravaged Gaza have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior after seeing Jesus in their dreams. Christians with knowledge about the situation say, um, been praying for Gaza, not only for Israel to um, take that real estate, uh, but also that in, in places that the war is, that they'll be open up to Christian evangelism. And um, about the seeing Jesus in dreams, it is. Um, I've heard a episode of Naked Bible podcast with Michael Heiser, and they've mentioned about <laughs> it's so frequent it seems in some Muslim countries that there is actually a billboard if you've seen Jesus in a dream or if you had a dream called this number, <laughs> you know. So, who's to say that Jesus? Does, are you going to say that Jesus can't show up in dreams anymore? I'm not. Um, I wouldn't expect it here, where we have the, where we have the uh, scripture and we have the freedom to study and the information we got. But I could see it in a financial um, country. But I also see, um, also in news, an evangelist shot in the head for preaching at street corner in Arizona. An American evangelist was fi- was fighting for his life Friday after being shot in the head while preaching on street corner in. Glendale City in the U.S. state of Arizona, his wife said. So we should be prayer for him. So I just want to hit those head Christian news this morning on there. Mike got your message um, last week. Um, Thursday we don't have a worship call, and we did have one day that we had a problem with our with our um, internet. That well, not internet, but our a web um, server for. Um, Worship call didn't work, so um, see if we get it this morning. Give me a thumbs up. All right, let's go to to it. Okay, last week we were talking about Jesus. Uh, last week we were together. Jesus had gone into the temple. He rode in on that don that um, fall to uh, as a fulfillment of scripture. This is the first day. It was the first day of the Passion Week, and by Jewish calendar, it's Nissan uh, Nissan ten, according to the Passover, 
There are controversies uh, between uh, days of the week, but really the scripture doesn't say first day, second day, third day. Really, you can't find that in there, but the, um, there are those that believe that um, the actual resurrection or the actual crucifixion took place on a Wednesday. There are those that believe it was on Thursday. And there are those that you know, traditionally believe that it's on Friday. But whatever it is, the Bible, and however it works out, Jesus would be in the grave for three days and three nights. He would be crucified on the 14th of Nisan. But on the 10th of Nisan, he comes into the, the riding in on, on the temple. That's what we would call Palm Sunday and uh, traditionally. And, uh, the leaves would, um, the coats would be laid down. And a lot of these were the Galileans who followed him into the complex. Okay, he came in, he looked around, says Mark 11, 11. He looks around, kind of checks things out a little bit. I think he's doing a reconnaissance at this point. Let's go back. Let's go to our scripture here on this. Um, 11, Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple. And after looking around at everything, he left for Bethany with the 12 since he was already late. So, or since it was already late. And late in the day, and um, so he's he's he left out of there, went to went back to Bethany, and thinking this week he spends time um, with Lazarus, Martha, and Mary at their house. Okay, we go pick up. So the next next morning he wakes up early. See, there's a sense of urgency. He knows what's ahead. His disciples still, I think, oblivious of what's going on. Um, he knows what's what's coming. And so he's a little, so he gets up early in the morning. He's got a lot to do. He's got a lot to teach. He's uh, he, before he's up before breakfast and he's out and he's headed back. And we pick up with Mark eleven eleven here. Jesus entered Jerusalem and came into the temple again. Uh, I just read that. Let's go to 12. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. Seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see it, if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season of fig leaves yet. Uh, so on the next day, this is the day, and this would be the eleventh of Nisan, when they left. Left when they had left Bethany, he he became hungry. This. And, and these couple verses right here demonstrates his humanity. Remember in his hypostatic union that Jesus is God, undiminished deity. He is true God. He doesn't lose anything to become God or to become man. And man, and he is true humanity. He is, um, there are things, he's, he has limitations in the, and the frailties of the uh, human being, uh, including knowledge, is power, um, things. And when we see the exercise of power, when we see the exercise of knowledge, uh, he knows things or he becomes aware of things. Uh, I would I I would have to agree that it would be the Holy Spirit that this 
that the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that's bringing these things about while Jesus himself is functioning as a prophet, like an Old, Old Testament prophet, to reveal these things. So there were things that he didn't know, and here it is. Well, and he was hungry. His stomach was growling. He missed breakfast. He had a day that he's going to need some energy because he's got a lot of things to do. He sees a tree in the distance. He doesn't know. I'd say he doesn't know. He's going to come check this thing out. He's going to say, okay, it's a possibility I could get something to eat on this. Now, fig trees, fig trees were not yet in season. And so looking over, um, looking at it, uh, or he comes to investigate it. And the fig tree, though they're not in season, they produce buds on there. And um, getting ready for, um, and they would those buds would normally fall off in May and April. This is March, and so he would he would um, these things were they were edible. They were bitter, but nonetheless they were edible, and they would have given him something to eat. But he investigated this breed. Now it had all the foliage like it would have the the um, the buds on it but once once he investigated it it didn't have anything so um, so on the next day when he left Bethany he became hungry seeing in distance a fig tree in leaf he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it and when he came to it he found nothing but leaves for it was not in season for figs and he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from it again. And his disciples were listening. Um, so this, so this, uh, to his dis- disappointment, he, uh, he curses the tree. I don't think he's angry or, or frustrated at it. I, I think this is going to be more of a learning. I think you agree with me that this would be a learning, um, um, what do you call that? Object lesson. Object lesson. Yeah, Rebecca smiling. But um, but Jesus didn't get upset. He didn't get um, fr- he didn't get frustrated. But here's an opportunity to teach something to his disciples. Disciples, remember, are the methetes. They are learners, and so he still got things to teach them. So um, let's see. This is the first this is the first time that Jesus had cursed anything really we don't see Jesus cursing anything uh, or anyone, but here he does curse the uh, this tree at this point uh, so mark eleven fourteen again he said to it, "May no one eat fruit from it again, and his disciples were listening. The first command. Look, God is a very purposeful God. First of all, we understand that God is purposeful. He's not. He's not. We have. No, we don't have an arbitrary God. That when when the Lord in the first chapter of the Bible, when the Creator God's creating, and He looked at those things and He said it was good. There was um, it 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 meant that it met His divine pleasure. It meant that it was good in a sense that it fulfilled a um, 
purpose. It had it, it was a purpose for it being there. And as far as living, as far as living be- beings, he told the fish of the sea. The uh, he said to be. I think it was the first one. He blessed them and told them to be fruitful and to multiply. And maybe he said that to the birds as well. But um, but he gave it. But they were to be fruitful. They were to be multiply. And then when he created man, when he created Adam, there was that command to be fruitful and to multiply. He gave the same command to Noah after the flood to be fruitful and multiply. That man has a purpose. Now, if if you um, if you thought um, if if you have if, if you know the mindset of the evolutionist. That you were, that you were created by random, randomness from the very beginning, and and mankind called out a, a pool of monk, and over millions of years here we are. Then, then in your mindset that we are simply in such a mindset, you're simply existing, that there is no purpose. But you and I were created by a purposeful God. You and I were created by a God who. Um, who, when he created us, said we were good. And as believers, as believers, Ephesians chapter, um, Ephesians chapter two tells us that we were created for good works, that we should walk in them. So each of us should be producing, in a sense, and that doesn't mean that. And listen, don't I'll, I'll always throw this caveat in. That it's not that we hurry up and hustle, start hustling for God. But as our hearts are tuned to God through His Word and by walking in spirit, there is going to be growth within our lives. And within season, we're going to produce fruit. Let's, let's look at one of my favorite, favorite passages here, Psalm 1 1. How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counts of wicked. Stop right there. Those who walk in the counts of wicked. Uh, let's, um, they are along with standing in the path of sinners and sitting in the seat of scoffers. Because those in those, that type of environment, this is an environment that's set up. Uh, man's walking in this kind of environment. It's going to, like this fig tree, Nothing's going to be produced. It's going to be your your spiritual growth is going to be stifled. And when your spiritual growth is stifled, so will it produce the, the production of faith. See, as we are walking in, in darkness, Paul said, and it's John who says in First John, um, First John five, uh, he says, if we no First John one five beginning said if we are Walking in dark, uh, that, let's go for it. I'm, I'm losing that right now. Let's go to that passage. And then we'll come back to that. Hold your place on that. First John 1, 5. And John says here, this is a message that we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, Yet walk in darkness, we lie and practice truth. 
But if we walk in the light, as he himself is his light, we have fellowship with one another in the blood of Christ. His son cleanses us from all sin. See, right here, there's an environment of a healthy environment for, for us to produce fruit. And that fruit, that healthy environment is walking in fellowship with him. That is, that is, um, walking by, uh, walking according to the spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, you can look at Galatians 5 and the production of fruit there. Um, talks about walking in light and, and when you walk in light, when you are walking according to the spirit, then there is a production, there is a fruit that's produced by spirit. But when you're walking in, in according to the flesh, according to your own desires, now you're producing, you're not producing, you're not producing that which is honoring God. Okay, coming back to our passage, in, our passage we just left, Psalm 1-1. So the environment, a man who is walking in the counsel of the wicked, and he's standing in the path of sinners, and he's sitting in a seat of scoffers, um, he's in an environment that doesn't produce good fruit. Um, and then we go, now, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. And um, is this man is this man going out looking for things to do? No, he's he's got his spiritual priorities in place. And in time, look at this, and three, he will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. So whether it, we're talking about um, persons, just like we talk about this man here, or we're talking about a, a um, society, a community, God, we're here for the glory of God. And our lives, even as Christians, are, is a purposeful life. There is no ordinary believers in that we should be producing fruit. And that which does not produce fruit is going to be pruned. We'll see that. So, um, Jerusalem, as Jesus, Jesus already wept, we noted last week that Jesus wept over Jerusalem. He foresaw its destruction, which would come in the future in AD 70, with the destruction of the temple by the force um, that, that was led by uh, Titus, the general, the Roman general. And they would destroy the temple. And I wonder if this is the pruning that we find in John 15, that See, you have this city, and once again, I'll say that this city is actually Jerusalem, or or the tree, the the fig tree is actually a picture of Jerusalem. Got it. One, I got all this beautiful foliage upon it. It looks good from a distance. Remember Jesus as they were approaching Jerusalem, and, and as many other people were produce, was approaching Jerusalem for Passover, they were excited. The beautiful city. Jesus said, this is a bright shining city on the hill. It's got foliage. It's looking good. But it's producing nothing as far as, um, as God's design, God's purpose. And, um, so where there's no fruit is the indication of a cursing. Any barren woman, you go through, um, the Bible 
any barren woman. We're going back to Sarah and Elizabeth in the New Testament. Um, Hannah, um, any barren woman who could not produce fruit was considered a curse, a cursing. So here was a city that was not producing anything. And in fact, Jesus, his ministry wasn't centered in Jerusalem. It was centered up in Judea. So your life and my life as well, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to be fruitful. And um, this brings us to the parable of the um, wine dre- uh, the vine dresser in John 15. I'll read this. I am the vine, true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown into the branch. He is he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to me my disciples. Stop right there. As I've said, our our life is to bring glory to God, a personal, a purposeful life, a life that produces fruit, is glorifying to God. And if it's not glorified, if if what we do is not done to glorify God, it's in vain, and it's going to be pruned. My Father is glorified by this that you bear much fruit. And so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Stop right there. Um, when we're talking about the vine and we're connecting this to Israel as being the, the fig tree, um, and we're talking about love. Did these people love? How did these people demonstrate their love for God? They didn't. Um, and for his own son, how they were vile, how they spit on him, how they, how they shot it, uh, crucify him, crucify him. And they were, they were caught up. They were, they were pious religious people, but nonetheless, they had no love or no zeal for God. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy are uh, these things spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. And so we're talking about and that's on the individual that's the disciples there. So here it is that we are the city of Jerusalem. The as he's coming to it, he he's giving the warning, he's demonstrating to his disciples. He ought Jesus foresees, as a prophet, he foresees what's coming to him, that they are going to be pruned. 
that this beautiful city is cursed and that's coming. So as great and a shining city on the hill, it served no purpose. Religion had killed it. And the people lived on false hope that someone one day was going to come that was going to lead a rebellion against the Romans. You see, these people did not want, they didn't care for their spiritual life. Their spiritual life was set aside. And it is as it is today. They want a political, they want a political freedom. And nothing's new under sun, folks. They want to be politically free. They wanted the Romans to be conquered. And they wanted that savior. And nonetheless, they lost their city. Um, they went about their way, day by day, coping with little hope in God, but wanting a, a someone, uh, a, someone to come to defeat the Romans. Jerusalem was the fig tree, and it wasn't in season. It, and in, in out of season, it would provide bitter fruit, and that's what Jerusalem did: was provide a bitter fruit, um, which would put, but really. It produced no fruit at all, actually. Um, so it would be that um, being cursed, it was going to be pruned. In A.D. 70, um, it, it will be pruned, and it will be destroyed. That temple will be torn down. The center of their religion will be wiped out. And But yet, not indefinitely, because we still look forward to that coming, that that. Uh, temple coming back so let's turn let's close out in prayer father in heaven thank you for this opportunity this morning fellowshipping in your word we ask heavenly father that you open our hearts to these things this morning may it be a source of blessing and challenge we pray heavenly father for the for um israel we pray heavenly father for the um the continue the leadership uh Benjamin Netanyahu, we continue to pray for the victories over there, uh, that Gaza will be taken. I pray, Heavenly Father, that their enemies will be vanquished. But more so, we pray that this will be an opportunity, that there will be um, churches and evangelism and missionary activity within that area. Israel, Israel's our brothers, but there are still those that do not believe in Jesus. They have rejected him. And that scripture, your scripture says that, um, that as Jesus has said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no one comes to the Father but through me. And then um, it is what Peter wrote. Uh, Peter said in Acts four, four that by no other name can one uh, be saved. So we ask for evangelism in that area for mo- both um, for for all peoples there the Arabs, as well as the Israelites. We pray, Heavenly Father, for our sick loved ones this morning, those that are ailing, those that are, are hurting this morning. We pray, Heavenly Father, for healing for them. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you, you uh, for them on their sake, uh, and they're those that are on their list, that um, you'll lift up their hearts and um, and for endurance to and may the word of God sanctify their hearts to help them through this. So thank you for this morning. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen.
All right, it's another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guide, rapture penny. We'll be back here in the AM. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.